You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're talking about real faith. And so if there's real faith, there's uh, um, feigned faith, the King James would say, or fake faith. And so we, we're working towards, in every area of our life, um, having unfeigned or real faith. And so if you're keeping track, I think this is week number 14, and there's no end in sight. Hallelujah. And that's all right with me if that's all right. Well, I don't care. Yeah, I do care if it's all right. Is it all right with you? I, I believe we're getting somewhere, and I know lots of people have made lots of comments from a lot of places that um, this is really helping them a lot. We're just slowing down because the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so we're supposed to be receiving. Amen. And can we all work in our receiver a little bit? So we all want to receive. You know, I've been thinking about this and um, it came out a little bit while I was praying and um, just meditating on some things. And then uh, we're taping some things for Bible Institute, uh, you know, for our classes that we do in Chile and some in Argentina and wherever they're used. Um, But um, uh, an island somewhere that we're not supposed to be, but we're there. And uh, anyway, so but I was thinking about this, you know, When it comes to uh, salvation, what is salvation? Well, salvation includes you being free from sin and going to heaven. Are you glad about that? But what else does salvation include? You can talk. What else does salvation include? Healing. Healing. Aren't you glad by the stripes of Jesus you've been healed? Right? What else does salvation include? Protection. Aren't you glad that you are protected? Not just from a car wreck, not just from a house fire, but you're protected from whatever the devil throws. Amen. What else does salvation include? Pre and preserved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not preserved like a pickle, but preserved. Hallelujah. What else? Doing well. Prosperity. It's ongoing. Deliverance. Amen. And so let me tell you, uh, when it comes to salvation, which of the, now, now be careful, don't anybody shout because I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, which one of those is most important? Well, most people would say, well, the getting your sins forgiven and going to heaven is the most important. That's how human beings look at it. Jesus did it all at the same time. From God's perspective, it's all equally important or he would not have done it. And so for many years, we've emphasized the getting your sins forgiven and and going to heaven. How many know that's great? Are you going? Don't get it. We're not getting a load up tonight, but we're going to go. When you physically, uh, when your spirit leaves your body, if you're born again, you're going to heaven. Amen. And then there's come teaching on all of different aspects. But this is, this is, um, so from man's, from pastors, from preachers, from teachers perspective, sometimes one is more emphasized than another, especially depending on if they've had trouble in that area. Like someone who is delivered off of drugs, somebody who is delivered off of alcohol or pornography or, or even had a demon in their life. You know, to them, they really only want to talk about salvation and deliverance. And that's where, they, that's where they're, man, you know, the rest of it's good, but this is the most important. Someone on their deathbed who's been raised up, and who's walking in divine health. Okay, yes, you need to be saved, but, you know, and the other stuff, it's just temporal. You need to get healed. You just need to get healed. Somebody else who lived in a dunghill, 
um, who, who broke all their life. They, they went from meal to meal. And most people in the United States, there still happens here, but all over the world, people live from not just paycheck to paycheck, from meal to meal. Right? And to them, when they get a hold of this, this is all they want to preach. And so, see, pastors, teachers, and preachers sometimes emphasize something, and then who you listen to the most, that's what you get the emphasis in. I got somewhere I'm going with this. Y'all hanging with me? But on God's side, what? It's all the same. He took your sin, He became sin. When he who knew no sin became sin, so you could become righteous. When did He do that? When did He do that? In his work of the cross. When did Jesus take stripes on his back so that you could be healed? On the whipping post, right before he went, all part of redemption. Uh, the Bible says he became poor so that you could become rich. When did he do that? The great exchange. When did he provide protection for you? Right there, right there. He's not, he's not just, he's not doing it today. He is doing it today, but it's because it's a done work. It's finished. When was everything finished? On the cross. Do you understand my point is? Sometimes people overemphasize something that they needed. And as a preacher, we are still human beings and we have that tendency. Like um, I'd rather preach a lot of times. If you, you can get me started on faith, but you get me started on the authority of the believer and the, the moving of the Holy Ghost, I'm gone. That's where I'm at. I do that all the time around here. But as a pastor, I'm called to teach all things. Right? And so this is why I'm going to talk to you. I said all that to say this about faith. Are you ready? See, a lot of times people emphasize different parts, especially the part that they needed to get their answer. And what happens when you sit under people that only emphasize one part of this, you get lopsided. You get lopsided. And there are seasons in the body of Christ when something has not been taught that it has to be overemphasized. But as soon as it's overemphasized, this reminds me, you know, like if you had a house plant and that house, what, what do you know about that house plant if, it, if its green leaves start to get brown and crinkly? What, what do you know it needs? Does it need water? So what should you do? You should overwater it to get it back healthy. But if you keep overwatering it, what will happen to it? It'll turn yellow before it dies, but it will die. What happens if it's not getting enough sun? Well, you need to get it in the sun. Certain plants need sun, right? But if you just let it bake in the sun, what's going to happen? See, there are seasons in your life you need something. My point in bringing this up because the Holy Ghost brought it up. What he's trying to get us and understand, you may have needed a season when you started. You may never have heard you got to use your words. Come on, use your words. But if all you do is use your words and you don't do this part we're currently talking about, your faith is not going to be complete. And so what are we talking about? Y'all remember James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I know that was a long introduction, but James chapter two, we're going to, we're going to review some things, uh, because again, I'm just going to get you everything that I, you know, feel like the Holy ghost wants. So we're going to go over this again, uh, because, um, it's important and, um, we need to see this. So James chapter two, um, we're going to start in verse 14, James chapter two, verse 14. We're going to read out of the King James and I'm going to, you know, make some comments and. Here we go. James chapter two, 
Well, I keep saying this because I'm trying to find it. James 2, 14 through 17. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? And works there is an unfortunate translation in the King James. It really ought to be corresponding actions. Because when we hear, especially in our society, when you hear works, you, you think of something different religiously. And see, if you brought up religiously, you were, you know, works is the same as salvation. But, but works, doing good deeds and all that is not, that is not how you get saved. That is not how the pearly gates open to you. Right? So, so it's not work. So there, everybody say corresponding action. It says, can faith save him? If a brother or sister, now this, remember again, is an example. This is not telling you what faith is. This is an example of faith that doesn't work. If a brother or sister be naked, that's, that's a lot, and destitute of daily food. And if one of you said to them with a good faith confession, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding. So what do you, why did I say it like that? Well, depart in peace, be warm, be filled. That's, that's a good confession. That's a good saying. And in a lot of places in the church today, that would get applause. You're doing good. That's a good confession. That's a great confession. Y'all looking at me strange and I don't care. Hallelujah. Um, it, that's really what it is. Watch this. He said, um, notwithstanding, you don't give them. You don't do anything. Uh, the things they need for their body, what does it profit? In the same breath, so that's the example, even so faith. So I say it over and over again. You got a man, you got a woman there that don't have no clothes on or have very little clothes on. They don't have any food. They're hungry. And you say to them, be warm, be clothed. What is that? That is unacceptable. That, that does not work. Right? It's not right. In the same way, your faith, if it doesn't have corresponding actions, is not right. It doesn't work. All right? Are y'all with me? Even so, if faith does not have corresponding action, it is dead being alone. And then it talks about some things. So let's look at verse 26. It says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without corresponding actions. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? It comes by hearing the word of God. Remember? Hearing the rhema of the word of God. What happens? Faith comes. Faith is released through the speaking of the word. And, and I've taught five hours on confession. And you all know how, how important the word of God coming out of your mouth is by, um, uh, by meditation, by having a confession of faith, by using words for authority, by using words for steering your life. But James is telling us that our faith that does not have corresponding actions is without power, it's dead. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by saying, but the activation comes in the doing. Activation comes in the doing. What does that tell me? For in a lot of ways, if all you do is hear something and say something, but you don't do nothing, your faith is dead. Pastor Mark, you need to be very careful because, you know, saying is enough. Maybe sometimes it is, but I'm going to show you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, action after action, miracle after miracle, because I'm going to leave no doubt in you 
that I believe right now one of the things the body of Christ, especially a charismatic, Pentecostal, word of faith, uh, Christians who want to receive the word of God, they need a, uh, a real dose of it. We got to do something. Amen. Come on. Even if when you're born again, when you're born again, what are you and I have concerns about when someone says they're born again and they don't act any different? We say, you think they really got born again? Why? Well, Pastor Mark, you shouldn't judge them. See, I'm not judging them, but the truth is this. By their actions, by their words, by, their, by what they do, how they begin to live. Even people who aren't taught the word of God, when the spirit of God comes on the inside of them and they're made alive in Christ, they have an inner uh, do this and don't do that. Their conscience gets clear and, and, and they begin to do. Now, do they do better when they get the word of God? Yes. Do they do better when, they, when, they, when they're sitting in a, in a church that teaches the word? Yes. But I'm telling you, when someone gets born again, I have this great example that I can't use. But I'll just say I watched someone who was rude, crude, and socially unacceptable that I thought a time or two about using my love walk on. And then I saw him get born again. And then I wondered, but then I saw, and I was like, that was real. Because they're still rough on the edges, but the rudeness and the other stuff that I couldn't hardly tolerate and really shouldn't be tolerated changed. What is that? That's a corresponding action. Why? Because they b believe something, because something's changed. Are y'all with me? Amen. Are you good? Yeah. Hallelujah. Y'all believe with me together because it's not only about you, it's about people that are watching and people that watch this and watch this. And I want them to have all the revelation that they need. Amen. So everybody says, faith, faith. without corresponding actions yeah. is what? Dead. It's dead faith. It's dead faith. Even though faith came, even though faith could be released. There has to be faith activated, all right? And so how do we start? I said the way to start is, and this is what I, 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 I see, is um, because faith is an action, one of the best ways to help your faith act is to become a doer of the word. I see, I've done this a long time. It's very hard for people who are believing something who have never done the word. In other words, because the just shall live by faith. So part of that faith walk is doing the word. Part of, part of that faith walk is what? Walking in love. Part of that faith walk is I see something in the word. I do it. Even if I don't understand it, I do it. I know the Lord is smarter than I am. It says there right there to do it. I'm going to do it. James 1.22. It says what? Be not hearers of the word only, but be a what? So it says, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, because hearers only are what? Deceived. Why? Hearing's not enough. Amen. Hearing's not enough. Not, okay? Hearing's not enough. For if you hear the word and be not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in glass. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was. But, uh, you, but I'm not going to be a forgetful here, verse 25 says, but a doer of the work. 
and this man shall be blessed in his deed. So when I do it, when I have the corresponding action, then I'm blessed in whatever I'm doing. So this is what I see. The deal is this. You and I have to understand this word is the word of God. It is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of old were inspired by the Holy Ghost. They wrote this. This is God talking to me. And I have to esteem the word of God. I have to reverence the word of God. And the word, this is where I start. If I'm going to be a receiver of the promises of God that are yes and amen. If I'm going to be a receiver of healing. If I'm going to be a receiver of prosperity. If I'm going to be a receiver of protection. If I'm going to be a receiver of doing well. and All the other things that salvation is. If I'm going to be a receiver of a miracle. If I'm going to be a receiver of those things that I desired when I pray. Then I have to start. The easiest place to start is just do the word. Because see, if a person doesn't do the word and now all of a sudden they need a miracle, they're trying to do something they are not familiar with. They've never obeyed God. It's not part of their life. Is it impossible? It's not impossible. Is it more difficult? It's way more difficult. And and so we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, um, What are we supposed to do? I'm supposed to be a doer. Jesus told us to do his command. He said, if you love me, do what I say. Right? He told us, he said, whatever I tell you, that's what you got to do. You know, uh, when the storms of life come, those who make it are those that hear the word and do the word. Remember the rains came, the winds blow, the storm comes, equal storm to everybody. But those that are protected are the doers of the word. Everybody say, I am a doer. Of the word, and I know you are, and and I believe that, and so you're 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 ahead, you're you're ahead, because this is your life. This is your life. You're doing it, so you're ready. So you're ready because you're doing it. This is who you are. I do the word of God. We all do our best to do what God says. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're building our lives on the rock. We're hearing. We're doing. Whatever we, whatever we hear, we put it into practice. Amen. And so, so uh, how does that work? Some things. So I want to I look at some things you're familiar with. Let's, let's look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Familiar. This is, uh, we use this a lot at Christmas. Um, uh, angel talking to Mary. Um, the, whole, uh, the angel answered, said, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. Uh, your cousin Elizabeth, verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now we all like that one, right? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. We like that. And Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, verse 38, be it unto me according to your word. So this angel, a messenger of God, in order for the miracle to begin, Mary had to say, be it done unto me according to your word. So where I want you to be right now is I got to be a doer of the word and I'm esteeming the word of God, especially the logos, the written word of God to the highest level in my life. If God is number one in your life, then the word of God is number one in your life. Because God is the word. Jesus was the word made flesh. Right? So if God is number one in your life, if Jesus is number one in your life, the word has preeminence in your life. You, you live by it. 
right? And so she has put such standard, uh, Mary put such standard on this messenger from God. She didn't understand it. She didn't know if they're the Holy Ghost. She just said, be it done unto me according to your word, because she traced the word to the mouth of God. And you've got to do the same, and I've got to do the same. This written word, I can, t- I can trace it somewhere. I can trace it to God Almighty. I can trace it to Jehovah. I can trace it right to my Father. That's where it initiated. He's the author of it. Amen. So that's what you got to do. Um, Luke chapter 7, we look at this one. This is the, uh, the account of the uh, centurion. You know, the centurion. Um, oh, let's see, just for time's sake. Uh, remember, he said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes. And my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus, uh, so w- what did he say to him? He said, if you'll just speak a word. In other words, he didn't even know everything about Jesus. He just knew he was under authority, but he knew the one over Jesus had some big words. And whenever Jesus would say something, the word of the one he represented was going to come to pass. So he said, you don't got to come to my house. Just say the word only. What was that? Respect for the uh, authorization from headquarters. He, he, he had headquarters. And he, he was used to carrying things out. And people under him were used to carrying. What is that? That's esteem for the word that came out of the mouth of Jesus. You and I, in order to do the word, in order to trust the word, you've got to have esteem for the source. Amen. A lot of people, the reason they won't do the word, especially today, is because they have no esteem for the source. No reverence for God Almighty. No reverence. No, this is not a book. This is, the, this is the word of God. It's not God's, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's not to be um, mishandled. It's not to, you get to decide what you want to decide. Well, I just believe. I don't really care what you just believe. Give me a scripture. Well, I just think, not important. Give me a scripture. Actually, give me two or three of them in context. Amen. Amen. We, we, I just have a right to believe. Not if you're a Christian, you don't have a right to your belief. You gave that up when you made Jesus your Lord. People tell me a whole lot about themselves when they just have a right to their belief. He's not Lord. You may get to go to heaven, but in order for this to work real well, he's got to be Lord. And if you want to receive the, y'all, y- come on, y- y- you're here. You want to receive the promises, right? And you, not only just for you, but you can help other people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So we have great respect for the word. What do we know about the word? It never returns void. It always accomplishes what it was sent to do. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. Has he not said it? Will he not also do it? What, what am I building in you? If I'm going to see in order to do the word, I have to respect the author of the word. And when I respect the author of the word, I have trust 
in the word. It's like, uh, uh, y'all remember when you were little or you had little kids and the first time, you know, you're at the swimming pool and they get up on the, um, they get up sometimes, well, they start small, sometimes up three on the edge and, you know, daddy or mom is in the water and you've got your hands out and you say, like, jump. Well, if you really watch, you can tell what parents have done with children or just for the most part, or if you're on a high dive. You know, and someone's down there at the bottom, you know, and they're going to make sure you don't die or something. You know what I mean? Because what is that? If I'm on the, if I'm a little three-year-old and I'm on the edge, I, I, I got some fear in me and, and, and I got to trust you. If I'm going to jump, I got to trust you. So it's not funny when dad lets the toddler jump in and lets him go underwater. Uh-oh. It may be funny for a moment, but that erodes trust. And, and you see, one of the things um, you need as a parent, you need to teach your children, you can, they can trust you. Um, when, when you discipline them and when anything else goes, trust me when I tell you don't and you're going to get in trouble, that if you do it, you are going to get in trouble. Right? And with God, his word has to be trusted. Now, God's proven it on his end. He's not a man that he should lie. His word never returns void. It always accomplishes what it was sent to do. Nevertheless, at your word. Peter said, we fished all night. I don't know you that well, but I, I hear you. And nevertheless, at your word. Uh, Mary said, you know, uh, this is unusual, but I trust you really are from God. And be it done according to the word you've spoken. See, that's what, that's what a doer is. When we do the word, we believe. Uh, you, you said to me um, that Jesus is like in the order of Melchizedek and I'm to tithe to him. All right, I get it. That's what I'm going to do. I start that with not necessarily having to know all the rewards of it. I'm doing it out of obedience because I trust him with my money, with my finances, with my life. You tell me that I have to, uh, I have to, yeah, I, in order to get my prayers answered, I've got to walk in love. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, and I don't think they deserve it, but I'm going to do it anyway for my benefit. Cause I figured out it's not for them. It's for me, but I'm just going to obey your word and I'm going to believe mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. And then I'm going to say like Peter did, help me, Jesus. And I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Everybody said the word works. I have reverence and respect for the word of God and the author. And because of that, you know what? Then you can do it. If he said it and you trust him, you can jump. Peter, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Come on, big boy. Come. What did Peter walk on? The word. Well, yeah, but he fell. Yeah, but he walked. Before salvation. Before the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Under an old covenant. He walked on the water. I think he's all right. Amen. We'll, we'll let that little mishap, we'll let it go. Remember I said that, Peter, when you meet me? Hallelujah. I gave you one. Hallelujah. Everybody else is really hard on him. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? 
What? He trusted Jesus and the word Jesus said. Do you trust the Lord and the word he said? I believe you do, but I'm just, I'm, I want to reemphasize that because now we're going to get into it, okay? Because if we're going to receive from the Lord, yes, you need to hear. You absolutely must, you, and you got to keep hearing the rhema, the, the, the spoken word of God. you got to hear it because that's how your faith comes. And do you have to speak the word of God? You absolutely have to speak the word of God. But James says uh, it is not enough just to make a good confession. Now, I know some of you don't like the way that's settled, but I'm going to say it again. James said it's not enough for you just to make a good confession. It's not enough to say be warm, be clothed. I'll just throw this out there. What, what about, you know, uh, we're going to get to this one a lot, but, G, uh, you know, at the Jesus' first miracle, what did Mama Mary say? Now, she had been around the Holy Ghost because he's the one who came upon her. I believe, um, you know, that he was in the room and, um, you know, was ready because Jesus, you know, he said, woman, that's a little disrespectful, isn't it? Woman, it's not my time. And then she ignored him and said, whatever he says, do it. Everybody say, do it. do it. Now, you see, what they could have done is called a prayer beating. Let's pray. Because they need wine, let's pray. Oh, Lord, send the wine just now. They could have danced. Oh, Lord, send the wine just now. They could have said, we believe we receive wine. We believe wine cometh in the name of, in the name of you. Wine cometh. Oh. Amen. But she said whatever he says. What else you could have done? Well, let, let's, um, let, you know, let's do something. Let's do something. So, Pastor Mark, I, I say this all the time, but this is what I would have thought to do. I'm going to run down to the market and get some grapes. Because great, you know, um, because that's logical. That's helpful. I've always tried to help the Lord. Have you? Sometimes he tells me, many, not sometimes, many times he tells me he doesn't need my help. He just needs my obedience. Right? So we'd have got grapes because wine is produced from grapes. But after Jesus said, fill these water pots. Was there anything else that was going to be possible to make the miracle? Mm -mm. Without water in the water pots, there is no miracle. There's no other way around it. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. Is um, we're going to get into it. There, there, there are actions that are required. There are actions that are necessary. Now, remember, you can't, you can't make them up. Because remember the woman with the issue of blood. Remember what happened to her? She heard something. She began to say something on the inside of herself. She moved through the crowd, right? She moved, you know, whether the hymn, I don't know, people say different things, but she could have been on her hands and knees getting to Jesus and she didn't care. And she, when she touched him, what happened? Virtue, virtue came out of him, right? Power came out of him. And remember what he said. What did he say, everybody? Who touched me? And what did the disciples say? Everybody touching you. Why? Because see, here's the big difference. 
Um, if Ollie's Jesus, <laughs> he could be. Um, if Ollie was Jesus and, and everybody was touching all over him, trying to get something, they heard something too. And they may have said, hey, dude, let's go, let's go touch that Jesus guy. Right? Let's go try this. I heard that if you touch him, you can get a miracle. Let's go. I heard he's in town. Let's go see. Come on. You, 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 come on. You be my blocker. You be my wingman. And you move people out of the way so I can touch him. But what happened? Nothing. See, there is an action that's like a poly parrot. You do it because somebody else did it, but you have no faith. We're going to try it. The woman wasn't trying nothing. She believed something. So corresponding actions without faith is not real faith either. I'm going to do something to make God do something. You can't do anything to make God do anything. You are not capable. You are not big enough. You, 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 are, you, you are not that special that you can do something to make him do something. He's God. We have to do it his way. And his way is you hear something. You believe something. You say something and then you do something. But you have to have all of it working together. We teach it separately, but we have to have it all, all of it flowing. It's a flow. We divide it to teach it, but it's kind of like a, a thing. It just kind of flows. It, it's just the way it is. And so you understand, though, that because I, I talked to you about my thing and, and uh, how I was, you know, you, and when people first hear things, they'll, uh, they'll imitate somebody else's testimony even. They'll throw away medicine because somebody, the Lord told somebody else to throw away their medicine. They'll throw away a crutch because the Lord told somebody to throw away a crutch. So they'll try to imitate that, but there's no faith in it at all. Although it looks the same. Although it sounds the same. But the results are not the same. Well, what does that mean? God picked and choose? No. Some people were in faith and some people were in assumption or presumption or just plain old foolishness. I read a book by Dr. Casey Price, one of my favorite books back in the day. It's called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And let me tell you, I needed to read it. I needed to read it. And so, listen... But faith with corresponding action is where the power is. And so let's look at some stuff. Are you excited? Are you ready to go? So I divided this, and I've never done this before either, like the Lord had me do with confession. He's so gracious and kind to me, and I'm so excited about this. I've never taught it this way before. But he, he divided it into three categories for me of people who did corresponding actions and received the promise or received a miracle, or received answer. Number one, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, where there was a corresponding action that was necessary for them to receive the miracle, or the healing, or the provision. Number two, we're going to look at it as actions that were initiated by God, by Jesus, or you could say by the Holy Ghost. The third category we'll look at is actions that were initiated by the receiver, like the woman with the issue of blood. So we're going to take our time. We're going to look at all these. Tonight, we're going to start with the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the gifts of the Spirit move in this church. 
Amen. Uh, in March, uh, Reverend Annie Durant will be back, and God uses her in miracles and healings. And many times you'll see that a demonstration uh, of the person receiving is required. So let's look at John's Gospel, chapter number five. Now, these are initiated by the Holy Ghost. In other words, a gift is initiated from God's side, not from man's side. Gifts or manifestations that you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are initiated from God's side, not man's side. But I want to show you some things that happen even with this. John chapter 5. Because even in this, a lot of times people say, well, if it's God, he just does it. There's, there's just a God side. There is no man side. But even things that are initiated by God, you're going to see there is a man side. So John chapter 5, verse uh, 2. Um, now, at Jerusalem, by the uh, sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda, whatever, have, uh, it has five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. So we know even when Jesus is walking on the earth, this angel came down to this particular pool. He troubled the waters. They troubled the water. Whoever then was in first, that was the deal. It wasn't who was in second. It wasn't who was in third. It wasn't all day. It was whoever got there first. Anytime the angel came down, they were stepped in, they stepped in the water and they were made whole, whatever disease they had. And a certain man, and a certain man, so this is a real account of a real man. It's not a parable. A certain man was there, which had infirmity 38 years. It's a long time to be sick. And when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been there a long time in that case. And he said, will you be made whole? Jesus strikes up a conversation with him. Will you be made whole? How I many know there's lots of sick folk? This is Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the miracle worker. But his attention is drawn to one man. It, it, it wasn't as though Jesus could even go into the, listen, people think this and they think wrong. Jesus, who is the son of God, should have gone in there and everybody in all five of those porches should have been instantly healed because Jesus was there. But it's not the way it worked when Jesus walked on the earth. It is not the way it worked now. Yet God is a healer. Jesus is the healer. And so here he is. And so a certain, he said, will you be made whole? And the impotent man said, sir, I I don't got nobody. When the water's troubled, put me in the pool while I'm coming. Another steps to every time somebody beats me in. And he's obviously been doing this a long time. That was his only answer. Jesus said to him, what? What is that? Rise. What is that? Action. What's the next one? Take up that thing you've been laying on. And then do what? But this is a gift of spirit, so it's all on God. No, the Holy Ghost is saying to the man, you, here's the command, now do something. If you're going to receive, you're going to have to do something. No, I want God. If this is God, God will do something. No, it's like praying in other tongues. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost, but that's your tongue. Those are your lips. Well, if the Lord makes me dance, it'll, you'll all know it was the Lord. No, it won't be. It'll be you cooperating with the Holy Ghost. Well, if I ever run around the room like them crazy people, you'll know that was all God. No, it'll be you yielding to the Holy Ghost. There's a God side and a man side, even in the manifestations of the spirit. What did he say to him? He said, rise. Yeah, but he can't. Take up your bed. Walk. 
and immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, walked in the same day. He said, well, it looks like it was after. I think it was just all fluid right there together. I believe the man, he had to do, because Jesus said rise. I believe he was, because of the rest of what I'm going to show you. There was, he, he did his part. Jesus said rise, so he began to rise. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. John chapter 9. John chapter 9. This is the account of the man with the withered hand. John chapter 9. Woo-wee. And Jesus passed by and saw a man that was blind. Oh, no, this is a blind man. Sorry. And uh, he was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but all that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while his day night comes when no man can work. As long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken... Okay, now a lot of people just get all bogged down and all that. Listen, uh, uh, people want to know still today, well, did sin. Yes, sin can open the door to sickness and disease, but are you been, you've been redeemed, hallelujah. Don't walk in it, don't get close to it, and the Lord's not putting anything on you, amen. Because, because the devil's the one that you open the door to when you walk, up, when you walk in sin. And just because a person, uh, you know, I know sometimes our circle, well, where, you know, a sickness comes or a virus comes, and well, where did you miss it? Where did you miss it? Quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it. Just quit it. Just quit it. If it comes and you got something, then resist it and command it to go and be healed and be whole. Hallelujah. Yeah, resist it at the beginning. Stay free. But, you know, you just will spin your wheels. Why did this? Why? Come on. I'm guilty, too. All right. I did it. What? I did it. So, all right. Then when he had thus spoken, he spat. Spit. Listen, if you're doing any spitting, it better be the real deal. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. He spat on the ground. He made clay out of the spittle. He anointed the eye of the... So, you know, I've heard people say, you can't really prove this. Jesus made an eyeball and stuck it into his eye socket. You can't prove that. Um, all you know is that there was clay, there was a blind eye, and he did something. Whether he made an eyeball or he didn't make an eyeball, it no matter to me. All right? Hallelujah. Um, so... Anyway, and I don't know if his one eye was brown, one eye was green. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So he said, so Jesus did something. He made clay. How is Jesus doing this? Did Jesus go, was he, was he a spitting healer all the time? How many of you know this is a gift, a manifestation of the Holy Ghost? And you can only do this when the Holy Ghost says do this. There's been very few times in 30 years of ministry, the Lord has done, had me do extraordinary things. And, um, and, it, you know, um, praise the Lord. I don't have time. Hallelujah. But, yeah, um, it's the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And you ought not act like it's a gift. You better know that it's a gift of the Holy Ghost if you're going to do something strange. In other words, somebody better be pushing a wheelchair out. Somebody better be running that can't run. Somebody ought to be seeing that. So, be, you know, hallelujah. So the Lord has not given you a spitting anointing. Glory to God. Uh, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, what? Go. Go what? So see, this is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. It's an unusual manifestation. But the man receiving his sight had to do what? Well, I just choose to believe that, that uh, my eye, thank you, Lord, for healing my eye. 
Thank you, Lord, this clay is turning into an eyeball. Hallelujah. In our case today, hallelujah. That, that clay is turning into an eyeball. But Jesus interrupted that with go. Now the only thing that will work for you to get your sight is go. And you can't go to another pool. This is very specific. Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he did what? He went. He did something with what was told him to do in a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. He, everybody say he went. So there's no, there's no more confession there. There's going. Well, I'm just going to celebrate. Well, good, celebrate, celebrate's good. But the Lord said, go wash. You can jump up and down like a pogo stick and run around the room, but you ain't going to get healed. When the manifestations of the Spirit are in order, and sometimes it's just general, do something you couldn't do. Then what should you do? Do something you couldn't do. Exercise it. Then what should you do? Exercise it. Now, when it comes to a person being used in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, you have to trust the person. You have to trust the person that they're hearing from God. Not everybody who does, does hear from God. So who's that on? Well, that's on you and the Holy Ghost in you. He lets you know. Amen. Y'all good? Ever say go. And he washed and he went. And what happened? He washed. He did exactly what the Lord said. And what happened? He came seeing. He came seeing. Luke chapter 6. We're talking about the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Things in the Old and New Covenant. We're looking mostly at the New. That the Holy Ghost initiated... And yet there is a man's side to, to respond. Because faith without corresponding actions is what? Even so in most of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. It's very interesting. Luke chapter 6, 6 through 10. And it came to pass, and this is also, uh, this is in other places. And it came to pass on a Sabbath that he entered to the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. So his right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find accusation against him. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, what's that? The Holy Ghost is in manifestation. He's discerning their thoughts. And he said uh, to the man which had a withered hand, what did he say to him? Rise up. He's sitting. And Jesus says, rise up. Well, I just believe I receive. Thank the Lord that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I got this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I command you to open. I demand it in Jesus' name. Nope. It's as simple as rising up. Amen. Stand forth. Get up here in the front. Stand forth in the midst. That, it just means come up to the front. Step out of your seat. Come up here. And what he do? He arose and stood forth. What's he doing now? Well, he's in position. 
Could have popped out. It could have. But then what happened? And he rose and so forth. Then said Jesus unto them. Because Jesus was having a multiple teaching session right here. He was aggravated with, you know, you all get mad that I heal on the Sabbath. But he said, I'll ask you this, is it lawful on the Sabbath of the day, uh, days to do good or do evil to save life or destroy it? And looking around, he was irritated with them all. But he said to the man, stretch forth. So, so what has he done? He has rose. He's rosed. He's risen up. He arose. Thank you. He stood forth. And what happened? Then Jesus gave him another command. But what is it? Well, if I could stretch forth my hand, it had already been stretched. And he didn't say stretch for your elbow. He didn't tell him to do something he could do. He told him to do something he can't do. See, the argument is, well, I just believe by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I got this. This is mine. I have it now. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's not what he said. He said, stretch it forth. And what did he have to do? As soon as he began to move it, the power of God came and he was able to open it. But what was it? He had to stand up. He had to come forth and he had to stretch it. Even when he couldn't stretch it. Faith with even initiated by the Holy Ghost and a manifestation of the Spirit. Many times it's always a God side, but many times there is a corresponding action that is necessary even during the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Even during the manifestation of miracles, gifts of healings, many times there's a corresponding action. This is God started. Well, if God started this, then God should finish it. But he's working with men. He's working with humanity. You and I can't tell God how he ought to do things. He said, faith without corresponding actions is dead. Does it mean the power of God wasn't there to heal that hand? No. It was there. The power's there. But he had to correspond with that to do what Jesus said to. And and so this is the manifestations. Are are you good? Hallelujah. You see, I feel some light bulbs. Hallelujah. Mark 8, I feel them. Mark 8. Verse 22, verse, uh, Mark 8, 22. So this is a blind man again. Um, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and there bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. So people brought this blind man. They asked Jesus to touch him. How many of you know, again, that these people have heard that if, that if G, this one is, they heard if Jesus touches you, you can be made healed. You'll be whole. You'll heal. The blindness would go. So they're beseeching Jesus. They're asking Jesus, could you touch him? Why? So he can be healed. Then the manifestation of the Holy Ghost comes. Because this is different because he takes the man by the hand and he leads him out of town. Now that is a direction by the Holy Ghost. Because many times Jesus is right there. People touch him. He lays hands. The Bible says one place he laid hands on a multitude. So he's known for laying hands on people. That's part of his ministry. It's what he does. But in this case, by the leading of the Holy Ghost, because he's Jesus, um, he's not acting in his divinity. He's a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And he can only do what the Holy Ghost tells him to do. 
He can only do what the Holy Ghost, because at the porch, come on, if he could turn it on or off, wouldn't it be cruel of Jesus who could have healed everybody, only he got that one man healed? Because he couldn't, not because he wouldn't, he couldn't. Now that really messes with some people's religion, their theology, because God can do anything. It seems as though God has limited himself by his word. And here by the Holy Ghost, it looks like that in some cases that God needs a response from the person being ministered to. So he led him out of town. So this is all God right now. This is all Jesus right now by the Holy Ghost. And when he, uh-oh, here's the spitting ministry again. And when he had spit on his eyes, oh my. And then he put his hands on him. He asked him, do you see anything? So there's some reference of what's going on. Because people say, don't ever ask that. That's not faith. Jesus did. What's going on? Are you better? There's precedence right here. When the manifestations of the spirit are in operation. Not somebody receiving on their own faith. Not even God-directed faith sometimes when God initiates something. But here in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, he asked, what's up? And he said, uh, he looked up and he said, "Um, I I see men, but they look like trees. That's funny. That's weird. And then what happened? He put his hands upon his eyes. Now you say, well, there's nothing there. And he made him look up. He said, look up. Well, could it be just that simple? Look up. Look up. Did he do something? I just wanted to show you this one. This is, this is an easy one. Look up. Just look up. And he was restored. But he still had to do something. Well, I just believe that I receive. Thank you, Lord. I just believe that I receive. Thank you for the trees that I see. Just go confessing my way to total healing. Well, that's good if it's on your end, but this is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus asks you, can you see? And then you tell him what you see, and then he lays hands on you again. And he says, look up. What do you got to do? It's as simple as looking up. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9. Let's see somebody other than Jesus, still Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 9. Peter is uh, working with the Holy Ghost. He said, and there he, Peter, found a certain man named Aeneas, which has kept his bed eight years and was sick of palsy. So here's a man that has palsy. He's in bed for eight years. Um, And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes thee whole. So what is that? This is a manifestation of the Spirit because there's no account of preaching. There's no account of him having faith. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. And he said, Jesus Christ makes thee whole. And what's the command of faith? Arise. And and he, he, he immediately arose. He didn't wait for how he felt. He didn't wait to get it before he got it. Just here, I'm going to wait on my manifestation. Oh, that's a big one in our circles. What are you waiting on? My manifestation. Well, you're waiting on the wrong thing. You're going to wait forever on your manifestation. 
I'm just waiting for it to manifest. No, you're not. That's not faith. It's Christianese. What I mean by that, that's our language that you've been taught to say when, because you, you don't, well, I'm just, I'm just waiting on the manifestation. Are you with me? Y'all good? You can handle this, right? Hallelujah. The Lord, what is the Lord doing? He's positioning you and me to receive. Hallelujah. So he said, arise, make up your bed. And he arose and immediately, and I assume he made up his bed. Get that bed up and go home. Hallelujah. All right, so that's a few of those. And just because of time's sake, I don't have a lot of time to get into the other one because this one's the meatier one. This one, uh, not the meatier one. This is the more lengthy, but I want to get you a good start. So let's look at, let's go back to James chapter two. Can you all take a little more? Five, 10 more minutes. Hallelujah. Or half an hour. No, James chapter two, uh, verse 20. Um, Will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? So faith without corresponding actions is what? It's dead faith. Was not Abraham our father justified by corresponding actions when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See thou how faith wrought with his corresponding actions and by his corresponding actions was his faith made perfect. So what do we know? We can go back to the count. We don't have time to go back to the count. You know, you know, Isaac is not a toddler. Isaac is, you know, most people say he's uh, at least a preteen or a teenager. And so he's carrying up the wood and they got some fire and he sees a knife. And what does he say? Hey, daddy, uh, where's the sacrifice? And, God, and so what, is he, what does Abraham answer back? Abraham answers back. God himself, which is prophetic of Jesus, will give us a sacrifice. And so we know what happened. This teenager is on the uh, altar and there's wood under there. And I don't know if the fire had been started yet, but you know, hey, hallelujah. What is that though? That's really not just Abraham. I believe that's also, that's both of them showing corresponding actions. They both trust God. They both trust God. And then, I mean, you know, people, I, I hear people all the time, how you serve a God that, you know, uh, the patriarch was going to kill his own son. Well, he wasn't going to kill him. He was never going to have to kill him because, you know, but he needed to see so that he could, so the Lord could send Jesus. Abraham enabled Jesus to be sent right there. Right? And so, what, but what was that? What caused that to happen? And not just wasn't for Isaac, that was for all of us. His, he was in faith because his corresponding actions showed it. Therefore, God could suddenly have a lamb get, uh, uh, get caught in a thicket that wasn't there just a few minutes ago. Come on, they're walking up there and you're, they're looking for one. Can you hear a bad, bad, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, get me out. No, suddenly it appeared. I don't know how God did it. I don't care how God did it. Again, that represents Jesus, but he was there when they needed him to be there. Hallelujah. God always provides. Amen. Amen. But what caused it? The corresponding actions. I I know I'm throwing some of you, but what if they would have just sat up there? I just believe God's going to provide. I just believe God's going to provide. That's a good confession. I just believe he's Jehovah Jireh. I just believe. I just believe. Do you believe, Isaac? I believe, Daddy. 
Put that knife away. I believe. Don't get that out. I believe. Don't light that wood. I believe. I believe. I just believe. I just believe. Do you believe? I believe. Let's believe together. Let's agree together. Hallelujah. All sounds good. But this is initiated. um, I call this one initiated by God because God told him to do this. Right? So God told him to take Isaac. So God's the one that started this. Abraham didn't start this. Isaac sure didn't start this. Hey, let's go up on the mountain and let's try to sacrifice me today and see what happens. No, God said. So this is God initiated, right? There's three kinds. Holy Ghost manifestations that need a corresponding action. Things that God initiates that needs a corresponding action. And things you can initiate with corresponding actions, many times led by the Holy Ghost, but many times just being a doer of the word. We're going to look at all three of them. We're looking at the middle one now. So God told them to go do it. it listen to me. I'm talking about confession, but how many, were you all here for the five hours that I ministered on confession? Do you know I esteem it? Some of you aren't so sure anymore. I esteem it. It's, it's, it's very important. Without it, you can't receive. You have to speak the word. But this is also equal. Remember how I started? This is an equal part to it. And what I... uh, What... uh, And what happens is that a lot of people get to this point, and especially in our day, in our season, in our season of being taught the word, they won't move past confession unto doing. Confession is enough. Well, if it was enough, then the word would have said it's enough. And sometimes there isn't a specific corresponding action except just doing the word. But if there is, and we're going to see how to get those. Uh, it's a rhema from the word. And if you don't have anything, if you'll just do the word, you are acting in faith. If you're speaking the word, so just stay with me. But when God initiates something and tells you what to do, you got to do it. You got to do it. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. The only way the wine was coming was after they filled the water pots. The only way the fish was coming was after Peter let down the net. They weren't, they could have, come on, he's God. He could have had those fish jump up in the boat, all of them at once. That would have been a spectacular sight. Could God have done it that way? He could have, but he said, let down your nets. Let's move on. The scripture was fulfilled which said Abraham believed God and he was imputed for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see then, you see then how that by corresponding actions, a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was Rahab the harlot justified by works, corresponding actions. When she received the messengers and had sent them out another way. So you know the account. So the second round of the children of Israel are going to take the promised land. Uh, The walled cities are there. Rahab lives in the wall, right? 
and uh, they told her what to do. And so the messengers were not just messengers from Joshua. They were messengers with a message from God. And they, they met up with her. And remember, she said, yeah, we've been afraid of you all for 40 years. We knew that God had given you the land. And so they told her what to do, right? They said, get everyone you want to save, your family, get them in your house. Get them in your condo in the wall. She had a condominium in the wall. How cool is that? That's a big wall. And then they said, as a token, what? Put a scarlet, y'all remember, a scarlet rope outside your window. What did that represent? The blood of Jesus, right? And so when they, remember they walked around. And Joshua told everybody, don't shout until I tell you to shout. But on the last day, they shouted. And what happened? All the walls fell. Oh, it's going to be a great replay. I want a replay. Because her condo must have been the only thing left standing. And it would be cool if it was in a middle condo, like on the second floor. I don't know. But everybody under her roof was spared. And then the cool thing, Rahab the harlot was in the line of Jesus. How awesome is that? That's a side thought. But isn't that cool? But the thing was, if there's no scarlet cord, come on, she had to follow the instructions specifically. If, well, my cousin Joe's over there and he just couldn't make it in. In this case, sorry. You got it. The specific instructions were be in, the, be in her house, under her roof, because she spared the spies. Now God's going to spare her family. You've got to put down the scarlet thread, right? Well, that's too hard. I can't find one. So God will be okay with it if I do. I'm going to put a yellow one down. Tie a yellow ribbon. I'm, I'm going to do that. Nope. You don't want to do things, especially in the Old Covenant. They didn't want to do things that were contrary to what God said exactly do. The first rock, Moses was to strike, and water came out of it. Now, this is a good example. The second one, this is not my head. This is coming out of my heart. The second one, he was told by the Lord to speak to it only. What is that? That is his only corresponding action. Because then he takes, because he's mad at everybody, he takes the rod again and he strikes it again, which ruins what was supposed to be an exact representation of what happened to Jesus. Jesus was only to be struck one time for all and not the second time. And so what did that cost Moses? He couldn't go in the, all he could do was look at it. That's all he could do was look at it. Amen. Well, is God that hard? Well, you know, in our case, yeah, he's good and he's wonderful, but you still can't do it the way you want to do it. This is not Burger King, baby. You can't have it your way. No, you can't. You've got to do it his way. Well, what? come on. I'm a, whatever I put my hand to is blessed in Jesus' name. Well, if the Lord didn't tell you to put your hand there, you better get it off. He still opens and closes doors. And if he closes one, you can stand there and cry forever, but it's never opening. Amen. Hallelujah. Real quick. And I do mean real quick. Hebrews chapter 11. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then verse 7, by faith, Noah. What did Noah do? What did Noah do? He was warned of God. He moved with reverence. And what did he do? He began to build something. He immediately began to build something. His faith caused him to do something. Build, he told, the Lord told him what to do. Now, these aren't just stories. This is an account of what happened. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. And, you know, you look at that, you think, well, yeah, he had to build a boat because he needed a boat. But he didn't know he needed a boat. He'd never seen rain before in his life. Never seen a flood before in his life. Animals? What? Come on, this is, it's not just something cute we make as wallpaper for a boy's, tod, you know, a boy's room when they're babies. For our nurseries. What are you supposed to get out of this? Noah obeyed God and did something. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out of a place. Remember, he was, in, uh, he was from the Ur of the Chaldees, and they were li- he was living in his brother's the city. His dad named after his brother. Remember that? And the Lord did what? Abraham, when he was called to go out of a place which he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed. And he went. He obeyed. And he, did he know where he was going? Did he know where he was going? Well, I can't move until God speaks to me. That could be your problem. What, you know, you're sitting in the driveway. and the whole, Now, don't just do this because I'm using this example. You're sitting in the driveway and the Holy Ghost says, put it in reverse. Why would I want to put it in reverse? Where am I going? Tell me where I'm going. The Holy Ghost says, put it in reverse. And you say, why would I tell? I can't do it. Tell me where I'm going. I need to know where I'm going. I can't put it in reverse until I know where I'm going. Put it in reverse. Put it in reverse. And if you know God, like I know God, he's not going to change what he says. He's just going to repeat. And so if you just like, I can't move until I know what I'm doing. Well, you could be sitting there a really, really, really long time. Well, what happens when you put it in reverse? Well, after you get it in and put it in reverse, then he'll tell you what to do next. It's called faith. Amen. Amen. You understand? He went to somewhere where he didn't know. But he started. Everybody say he went. And see, this is all so big and there's so much in it and there's different aspects of here and there. Now, should you just go to be going? N- no. Should you? Well, I'm just going to go. And so God, I'm going to make, I'm just going to do this and then God's going to, ble- and he'll tell me what to do. I'm, no, if he doesn't tell you to move, then maybe you shouldn't move. If he doesn't tell you to change something, then maybe you should just be content with where you're at. Right? But if he says do something, then what should you do? Just do what he says. And will it work out? All the time. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.